To, I start hey too often. I got to quit going hey when we start up, huh? Hey, um, <laughs> it's funny how you get into a habit. Welcome to Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. Today is September 17th. It is a Thursday, and we are trucking through the week. For those of you who are, are keeping track, tonight we will have some NFL football games. As we left, we were talking about um, a variety of things. And one of them was um, Pennsylvania school district had had mandated um, supremacy lessons, and I suggest everybody go out and vote. I'm going to reiterate that: go out and vote. If you haven't, uh, if you haven't made plans, make plans. Make sure you're registered and get ready to vote. Because even if you don't think that you're going to have an impact on the national level, you can have a real impact on your local level. Um, people in your local area decide who sits on school boards what that curriculum is how the curriculum is taught uh, they they the people who run your city government and make decisions about whether they're putting money into parks or uh, you know how they fund their their police department whether the police department is structured to have social workers to help them deal with um, people issues that don't require use of force and things like that and so you need to to see who's running educate yourself read your voter information pamphlets uh, and learn a little bit about the people who are running for these different positions and support people who support your ideas or that you think have good ideas and so please get out and vote please think about your local people um, I will say this if you are a person who who absolutely doesn't want to vote because you believe that tacitly you will support whoever wins then support whoever wins. Don't be critical of them. If you if you chose not to to vote and uh, because you were going with whatever the, the the winners, whoever the winners were, fine. But then essentially that's who you voted for. You voted to 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 support whoever wins. So don't be critical of them. Uh, and, and if you don't like what they're doing, then next time get off your butt and vote. You know, vote against them, vote somebody else in if you don't feel like the person who's there is doing a good enough job. Um, you know, and it's probably a good time to do a little bit of research about the people that are in the positions right now and say, are these people doing a great job? If they are, let's support them and keep them there. And if they're not, make a change. Make a change. So, um, but it all comes down to educating yourself about the people who are running for the positions and then making your voice heard by going to the ballot box. So get on it plan to vote, spend some time uh, educating yourself. So, um, locally, the Garden Grove School District, oh, here's Aaron. Hi, Aaron. how are you? I'm good. So, just I'm after good. we went off the air, I got notification that the Garden Grove School District, which had plan to return to in-classroom teaching on the first week of October has reversed their decision and decided to at least hold off through the end of the semester. Well, good. That makes more, that makes more sense for the, from a logistics standpoint anyway, and for the teachers and, yeah, you know, as I, we talked about yesterday. I have a friend who, who teaches in Garden Grove and was talking to her just yesterday or the day before, it was the day before, when she found out about 
the Garden Grove School District's intentions to return in October, and she was beside herself with anger and frustration because she's got her routine down and she's talking to kids, and the method they were going to return also meant that she would see uh, the kids half as much, that she sees them virtually online on a daily basis, but that when they returned, they were going to split them into two cohorts and she would only see them half as many times a week. And so that they would then, she would have to prepare a, now a new lesson plan that they could do on their own as an asynchronous education when she couldn't actually be there to answer questions for them because they had to do something while she was working with the other half of the class. And so she was frustrated with the plan to go back. She was frustrated with the timeline and the fact that it interrupted the middle of her semester and it was cutting down on her time with kids. And she teaches high school stuff, so she actually has an AP class she's trying to teach. She says, these kids have to be able to pass this test. And at this rate, I'm not going to be able to even cover the all the material because I'm going to see them half as many times. So she was pretty frustrated. And uh, so I'm, I'm sure she's pleased that they're yeah, rethinking sure that rethinking that a little bit. Um, I understand the desire to get kids back into classrooms. Um but you can't do it in a headlong headlong rush just because the the uh, state says okay now you can do it. You got to think about what's the right way to do it, and what's the right time to do it. Um, and I think perhaps doing it at the semester break makes more sense anyway. So we'll see how it goes. And well, you know, and there could be another surge between now and then. Yeah, yeah. You know, as a parent, do you want to put your kids at risk? I wonder how many parents would, when the school starts going back, say yay, and how many parents would say not my kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Nuh-uh. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, by the way, did you hear that there's um, another woman coming out and saying that in 1997, Donald Trump sexually assaulted her? And I listened to that and I'm like, no, he didn't. This is six weeks from an, uh, an election, a, mm -hmm. a close election. And all of a sudden she decides now to come out for something that happened, you know, 13 you know, uh, no, yeah. 23 years ago? Come on. I have no doubt he groped lots of women in the 80s. That's kind of who he was. Um, yeah, okay, but you know, and, he didn't and, say anything for 23 years, and she waits. Yeah. He's been president. He's been in the public eye for, you know, he's president for four years, but been in the public eye pretty much all of those 23 years. Yeah. And she, she decides she's going to say something now? Horse hockey. Yeah, this is opportunistic, um, uh, you know, claims of whatever and even if he did something if you've sat 23 years and waited till just before an election to do it uh you sort of forfeit any um uh, not the fact that it didn't ha that it happened if it happened it happened but you you forfeit the right to be complaining about it at this particular point in time I, you know I, I gotta be honest with you it's kind of like the democrat playbook to to mm -hmm. call out somebody who makes unsubstantiated claims of sexual assault and, you know, I mean, like what they did to Brett Kavanaugh, where people were coming out of the woodwork and given an audience in the Senate saying that he gang raped them and all this other crap. It's garbage. Yeah. It's the Anita Hill thing again and again and again and again. Stop it. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and the funny thing is, like you said, that it, it seems to be a playbook and yet it doesn't seem to work. I mean, Clarence Thomas is sitting on the, on the Supreme court, Brett Kavanaugh so is sitting Brett on the Supreme Kavanaugh. court. Yeah. So, you know, um, and, and Trump is sitting in the presidential office, <laughs> sitting in the oval office. So, so, you know, it doesn't seem to work. I mean, you know, in, in Trump's case, I mean, clearly he, he, you know, and you don't know whether it's just 
braggadocio amongst guys, but I mean, they had that audio from that, um, that with that, uh, TV show. I can't remember the host, uh, what was it, like yeah, Billy Bush or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Where, you know, he talks about grabbing a woman by her privates and, you know and, what? he's from New York. He's a yeah. loud mouth. And he's yeah. A, and he's a braggart. He's a braggart. I mean, you know, whether he actually did or didn't do it or not, you know, uh, and, and quite frankly, like I said, I mean, in the 80s, you looked at who he is and who his personality is. He probably did a lot of things that were incredibly yes. well, unpresidential, frankly. Frankly, he does a lot of unpresidential things now. So, yeah. So know. what? It was baked in the cake. If you're a fan of Trump, this is nothing new. This is not going to change your opinion. I'm yeah. just sick to death of it. And it just, you know, what it does is it takes away from people who are really damaged. Obviously, this woman wasn't really damaged. Yeah. Um, If you were really damaged because you had a real sexual assault, um, you know, this this kind of nonsense that keeps happening takes away from those women. It drives me crazy. Mm hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that um, it's it's. Unfortunately, they seem to find a never ending litany of women who are willing to step forward and say you know i was assaulted touched kissed you know whatever in in a way that i found unappealing you know it's funny because you know that was the complaint about biden right he's too touchy-feely and there were yes. women complaining that he was like you know kind of a, a, a uh, that that gross grandpa that that would you know hug and kiss you more than you wanted me and touched it was like you know and that's been a knock up against him and yet you, you know you haven't i mean the republicans haven't been bringing that up repeatedly it's just like yeah they're saying yeah. he's just a doddering old grandpa yeah you know? yeah i think the bigger problem is that um that to me he seems like he's not really lucid he yeah. is he seems confused when he's out, w- when he actually is out in public to me he seems confused it it does seem like that at times. It would be. I, I'm looking forward to debates. It'd be interesting if they both w- are, would be willing to sit down and talk with, uh, for an extended period of time, with Joe Rogan as he proposed. Oh, I would. I love doubt that'll that. happen. I would. Number one I, podcast in America. What a great opportunity. Yeah, now, that would drive the mainstream media crazy. Yeah, because they're not. They weren't invited to that part. Oh, absolutely. But I would love it. And, and Rogan's the kind of guy. I mean, regardless of his political leanings, and he tends to be pretty libertarian. Um, you know, he would ask whatever pops into his head like an average person you know he's not going to um he's actually a really good interviewer if you've ever watched his show or listened to his show um he he's um oh, there's uh, a reason why he's number one yeah he he's i mean he he you know you can agree with him or disagree with him but he he does he he doesn't um uh snuggle up to traditional boundaries he, he he enjoys the freedom that podcasting gives him in terms of of the types of questions and the way he interacts with his guests so i think it would be great but i you know and trump immediately said yeah i'll do it um i suspect that we will find that biden won't so oh, i would be so there are um there are uh uh, uh, uh what do they call them? debates that are planned i I, yeah. just, I don't know i'll i will believe that they'll happen when when it's actually happening yeah. Well, the actual debates, too, are always so structured that you really don't. It's basically political theater again. Um, so almost like the uh, the um, uh, conventions uh, conventions. Yeah. In that I don't feel like you really get to know anything that you didn't know already about those people going in for the most part. You know, unless somebody just has a complete meltdown, uh, which is doesn't happen often, but uh, once in a while. But, you know, these guys are all so um, attuned to to being in public that 
their what they say and how they say it, they're not gonna they're not gonna get go off brand um, very much. Whereas it, you know, on a one on one with somebody like Joe Rogan, I think you would get to know them a little bit better each individually. Um, although I think you know he had proposed four hours, and it's like I yeah. Well, he's How a ma- podcaster. That's like, and he he does a long show. Yeah, his but show's usually little, hour and a half, a two hours, but four hours is nuts. It's like, how many yes. pee breaks are you going to take? <laughs> you know, how large are the prostates on these gentlemen? We're going to have to take a couple <laughs> breaks. Um, yeah. 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 I know I, I would. I, don't know. <laughs> I know I absolutely would have to take breaks. <laughs> so four hours is a little, nobody would watch that. Let's be yeah. honest. That's like, nobody would watch that, but, or listen to it. But yeah. a good couple hours, they'd listen to that. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and he, he, as a, as a uh, host and interviewer, um, you know, he keeps it interesting. I mean, I, I have no doubt he could keep it interesting for four hours. The question is, is would they, you know, both stay awake and, 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 you know, and be on task in any way, shape or form, you know, although the advantage of it is, is that if you were able to get them to agree to that is after the first hour and a half or so, you would think that the, the, the facade of Politico would kind of wear off or wear thin and that the real guy would kind of come out a little bit. And you maybe know? that was his motivation. Yeah. And, and I can see him thinking that, you know, it's like, okay, three hours into this, these guys are going to be dropping F-bombs and saying, you know, <laughs> up yours, you, you, you liberal goober and, and, and you conservative hack. And I, I could, I could, it'd be wonderful. They just had a shouting match. <laughs> well, you know, Donald Trump is from Queens. I think that yeah. would just be a normal conversation with him yeah. and his buddies. Yeah, yeah that's, called, <laughs> that's called Monday. Exactly. <laughs> that's so funny. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there are, few, there are precious few who will pay attention, I think, where a debate would, would change their mind. I don't think that, I don't think a debate's going to do much. Um, uh, yeah. But, you know, maybe it, maybe it would. Um, I, I think, you know, what if, because he doesn't want to debate, he'll come down, Joe, Joe Biden will come down with COVID or something, like when the, um, you know, when the debates are supposed to be taking place and, and so uh-huh. they won't happen, you know? Yeah. And then he'll blame that his COVID on Donald Trump. Yeah. It's like, I got COVID because he didn't have a good national plan in place. Yes. Even though I've been living in my basement for months. Well, and, and let's be honest, you know, when I listened to, to Joe Biden talk about systemic racism, dude was vice president for eight years under an African-American uh, president. And he was in the Senate or, you know, he was in the Senate for 497 years. Yeah. So why you didn't know, you do it, anything, man? Exactly, dude. What is your role in all of this? Donald Trump's been there for four years. So I, yeah. I just I'm so sick of the BS. I just really am. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> welcome to politics. Yep. You know, yeah. it's like Indeed. you may go in with good intentions and may actually try to do get things done, but it's you're wading through, you know, hip deep crap most of the time. <laughs> it's a slow slog in the yes. swamp that nobody ever drains, you know. It hasn't been drained. It's just another slow slog through the swamp to get anything done. I mean, you know, they've been talking. I, I really thought as the election came around that they would, um, that the Congress would all suddenly come together and do another um, 
uh, stimulus thing and we'd all be getting checks because what's the better way to get you to vote for the guy who's in office than to have him send you money, right? Um, well, but, but that's why the Democrats have been standing. They, they have not allowed another stimulus to pass. So, well, they have said that they want the stimulus to be this and the, the Republicans have said they want the stimulus to be that. And, and uh, you know, I don't, I'm not blaming one side or the other because neither side has, has come together on anything. They're both both of them arguing with each other. And I think that they've decided that collectively that it's better for them to to not have a stimulus so that they can blame the other side than it is to have a stimulus and take a victory lap. And so they both both sides have collectively said, screw the American people. This is all about politics. And that's typically how it goes, whether whether you agree or disagree with the, the idea of the, the stimulus programs. Um, you know, politicians are all about getting reelected. I know I'm cynical, but. <laughs> no, I mean, it's an election yeah. year. That's what their job is. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, I'm cynical, too. I got to be honest with you. I'm, I'm cynical, too. Um, things are, of course, heating up in China. China is threatening the U.S. Global um, warming. Over... Of course, they're heating up in China. <laughs> so they are threatening the U.S. over um, the diplomats' Taiwan visit. So, you know, we, we talked about this, that um, that we believe that uh, Taiwan is, is we, an invasion of Taiwan is probably imminent. Not So it, it's probably going to happen. It's just a matter of when. I don't want yeah. to say you know, that. You know the scenarios country. have been planned out by the Chinese army and navy. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, um, the U.S. Undersecretary of State, Keith Crack, um, is, is going to be meeting with Taiwanese President uh, Tsai Ing-wen and other senior officials. Tsai Ing-wen? When are you sighing? <sighs> I'm sorry, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> so, okay, the island's foreign ministry said on Thursday, Crack who holds the portfolio for economic growth, energy, and the environment is the highest mm-hmm. level official from the State Department to visit those to visit Taiwan in decades. Mm-hmm. His, his visit follows a high-profile visit in August by U.S. Health Secretary Alex Azar, who is the highest-level U.S. Cabinet official to visit since the break in formal ties between the U.S. and Taiwan in 1979, when the U.S. switched relations to Beijing. Um, so, ahead of cracks. And it's C-R-A-C-H, Krach, um, arrival in the U.S. The U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Kelly Kraft, had lunch Wednesday with Taiwan's top official in New York, uh, a meeting she called historic and a further step in the Trump administration's campaign to strengthen relations with the self-governing island that China claims is part of its territory. Um, China condemned the visit, which is not at all surprising, and warned it could retaliate. It opposes all official interactions between other countries on the island, um, at a daily briefing on Thursday, Chinese Foreign Ministry spokesperson uh, Wang Wenbin said Crocs visit bolters the separatist forces of Taiwan independence and undermines U.S.-China relations. Uh, China will make, unne- make necessary responses in accordance with the development of this situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the Trump administration is making his priorities known. You can't t- intimidate us, China. We're not afraid of you. Um, we are supporting Taiwan. Yeah, so. but how much will we support Taiwan? And I say that, you know, thinking, if Taiwan's invaded, are we going to go to war? Um, I, it depends on who's the president, but I'm inclined to say yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know. That's it's, uh, you know, and and everybody laughed at um, uh, what's the Utah senator's name? Um, Mitt Romney. Yeah, when he was running for president and said that China was our our biggest uh, threat. Yeah, and he talked about Russia being a threat too. He was yeah. right, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, China and Russia. Yeah, really hasn't changed that much. No, no. And if there's a if there is a a Hitlerian um, government on the earth right now, it's in China. Yeah. So they're, yeah. they're well, Russia's not far behind, quite frankly. No. Well, but there, I I don't know that Russia's engaging in the genocide that. Um, true. True. That and and the mass incarceration and and reeducation camps that are happening in China. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. You're right. So, um, yeah, not that Russia's it, all hunky dory either. Yeah. But I don't if Russia's doing it, they're they're much quieter. <laughs> if Russia's doing exactly. it, they're much quieter, right? <laughs> they're better at hiding exactly. it. Um, yeah, I mean, but this, you know, Russia's the country that just said, "Hey, we want part of this country over here, so we're just going to take it," and marched right in and took it. And yeah, they did. And uh, and we don't like what's happening in this neighbor, so we're going to you know send in un unidentified guards uh, armed men armies and and just start up a war a revolution here and so they did that in ukraine you know and uh you got better watch belarus because you know their their buddy who's in charge is having a rough time and the people are trying they're, they're, they're it's looking like the the people in belarus want to change their government and i'm not sure that russia's gonna let that happen they may march right into belarus too and I gotta be honest, because um, Belarus is a mess. I, I, Russia may be behind all of that. Yeah. Um, and the Belarus, Belarus has always been closer to Moscow than um, than Ukraine has. Yeah. Uh, Ukraine has its own language. Belarus speaks Russian. Um, you know, it's it, it culturally Belarus is closer to Russia than Ukraine is closer mm-hmm. than than Ukraine, from my, what I understand. So yeah, if I were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, well, if I were Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania, I'd be shaking in my boots. Yeah. Well, and the um, the the uh, premise for moving into parts of the Ukraine were to get to the ethnic Russians who spoke Russian and lived there. There were regions of Ukraine that are more ethnically Russian, you know. And so, if they're using that as their premise, you know, if there are Russian-speaking peoples in any of these countries, right. You know, be well, afraid, be very afraid. Take the Sudetenland in Czechoslovakia. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Czechoslovakia, Austria, you know, was rolled well, into Germany. Austria was a willing participant. And so. I believed, I, I was under the misinformation that Austria was was just annexed as, as you know, kind of taken over. But mm-hmm. they, when I lived in Austria, the Austrians told me, no, we voted for it. Oh, and, okay. Uh, I didn't yeah, know that either. Yeah. And so I went, oh. Yeah, so that the yeah. the Anschluss, the the annexation was um, they voted for it. Okay, well, welcome to you know our history versus the way history is taught other places. Everybody has it yes. a little differently, from a little bit different perspective because it's interesting. Because I had very much the impression that that Germany just rolled in and took over uh, as well. So interesting. Yep, yep. So do, you know, um, have you followed any of the Theranos, Elizabeth Holmes fraud trial. I did like for a while. I mean, it, you know, once it all sort of imploded, I, I quit paying attention to what was going on. I mean, after the initial sort of like news, why is there some new stuff coming out? 
Yeah, well, she is, of course, facing serious prison time over the fraud mm-hmm. that she allegedly committed. And um, she is she's using she's going to be using the insanity defense. So she is saying that um, that her lawyers plan to introduce evidence to show that mental disease or defect played a role in the scandal in which hmm. Theranos promised to revolutionize the blood testing industry. So she's a she, pathological liar. So therefore, she couldn't help herself. She's an yes. egomaniac, so she couldn't help herself. <laughs> so she plans to have testimony from, a, right, a clinical psychologist at Cal State Fullerton, uh, who's wow. an expert on trauma, particularly trauma that results from violence against women, um, and not much is about is known about that. So ah, she was probably molested by Donald Trump back in the day, right? <laughs> They're going to tie it all together, make it one news story. Yes. So what they're saying is that she was unable to appreciate the nature and quality of her wrongfulness, of the wrongfulness of her acts. Hmm. Me too. Crazy. <laughs> I mean, that's that's right up there with the devil made me do it. Yeah, it really is. It really is. So yeah. she faces huh. 20 years in prison and a multi-million dollar fine if convicted. And yeah. she might also have to pay restitution to those who lost the money. So that's an addition to the fine. Yeah. Well, let's just say when convicted, because that's. I think that's, I mean, unless there's just a complete breakdown in the court, that seems like a foregone conclusion. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, I mean, she clearly was a functioning within society, despite what her uh, claims are. And, uh, yeah. But everybody who worked with her said she was enigmatic and odd and you know, did not behave in ways like mm-hmm. the low voice that she that she affected. Apparently, you would catch her every now and then um, talking in what sounds like a normal female voice. Uh-huh. Um, but she but she affected a um, she had an affect a lar- a law a very low deep voice that you know a, a people apparently people mm-hmm. thought that gave her more credibility was that deep voice. Yes, well, perhaps she was possessed. Maybe she's going to come out and say she was schizophrenic and that there was, you know. Yes. That, uh, Maybe she will say the devil made her do yeah, it. Yeah, Fred did it. This <laughs> voice that I heard, this other this other person that lives in my body. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Can you imagine? Wow. Or can you imagine if something like that were true and you find out that she really does have some weirdness, multiple personality disorder, and she rose to that level and got that many people to, to back her and put money into basically her story because that's what it was i mean she pitched this as a you know here's what's happening here's what's going on and people then invested in her as as a person who who built this company i mean millions of dollars it's 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 astounding to think that that happens i mean that but that's essentially how startups work is the the angel investors meet with the people who have the idea and are launching this and they they make an assessment and say, A, is this idea worth pursuing? And B, can this person make it happen? And they looked at her and went, yep. Yeah, because she's she's a very attractive woman and um, completely believed in everything that she said or was, you know, psychopathic enough um, that, um, that she, uh, you know, just convinced everybody without any compunction about it at all. She just, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. So... Yeah. Yeah, I just Googled her and it's like, yeah, yeah. She's a pretty young woman who apparently spoke very deeply. She did. 
I don't know that I've ever heard her speak or, or seen any video of her. I've just read articles and seen pictures. And so, um, yeah, go figure. Crazy comes in all kinds of packages. It really, it really, really does. Which is exactly what she wants you to think. <laughs> <laughs> so, did you hear that they found this um, Ice Age bear? What was that? It was a drum roll, apparently. There we oh, go. That was the punchline. I, 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 I hit the drum roll thinking that I was going to get the punchline, and instead I got this long drum roll going, what? <laughs> what why is it doing that? <laughs> so, melting permafrost has revealed an Ice Age bear with da its bears. fur intact. Da bears with its fur intact. So, cool. so 20,000 years old. Um, they found Must be hungry. Siberia. It's dead, Todd. It's been frozen in the ice. Twenty thousand years old. I so so somebody. The first thing's going to come to every, a lot of people's mind is: Can they clone it? Is it like oh, a bear now? No, I saw that movie and it scared the heck out of me. Yeah. Is it like a bear now? Is it or is it a different breed of bear that we don't have anymore? So, well, I is it a cave um, bear? It's a cave bear. Is there a but clan that went with it? So I knew you were going to say that. I do. Of course. I I'm just reading from the script. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who never read The Clan of the Cave Bear, it was really popular in the yeah. 80s, right? Like, Excellent book, movie. horrible movie. Oh, I didn't even know it was made into a movie. Oh, Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. I read the whole series because she did a series. Well, as far as she had done it, I guess, I guess she, uh, Jean M. Owl, Owl is the author. And, uh, and she, I think the most recent book is just a few years ago. She's still finishing up the series or just finished the series. I seem to remember reading that. So I didn't read the more recent books, but I read what was available. And the original book was good. Each subsequent book got less and less good. And the movie was awful. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Just did not translate at all well. Um, the story you know, of of a uh, Homo sapiens who lives with Neanderthals and and what made the book interesting is there was lots of research done. In fact, there was a lot of uh, articles published about the research that she did on on the technologies they had and how they used them and how to, how they used fire and how they created tools and and so she she wrote a lot in the there was a lot of detail explaining that stuff how they used herbs for different things for medicines and for food and 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 so it was very interesting and informative in that sense um but by the time you got to the second book you already knew all that stuff and so there was less of that kind of stuff and it was more the story of a young woman's growth and then it then she lost like me as an audience (laughs) you know i was like okay uh and the movie was just translated awful Ah, well, you know, back to the bear, and then I want to. I, I yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> kind of no, went off good. on a tangent. <laughs> but apparently, all of its its organs were intact, um, including its nose. And so, the melting permafrost uh, across huge areas of Siberia has yielded numerous other discoveries, including well-preserved mammoth woolly mammoths, woolly rhinos, and last year, an eighteen thousand year old puppy. So, oh, I saw. I've seen the pictures of the puppy, and they're still finding out stuff about the puppy. Like, they were able to look uh, in a microscope at stuff they found in the puppy's stomach, and found that the puppy 
possibly was feeding on before he died one of the last existing woolly mammoths because if you look at the not mammoths woolly rhinos that if that the oldest rhinos were gone right about the time that this puppy was frozen and so and they found woolly rhino meat or flesh in the puppy's stomach crazy mm-hmm. crazy and i and i'm looking at pictures of the puppy it, it's like it, it it's like it died yesterday not 18,000 years ago. It's, it's amazing, isn't it? It's really yes. amazing what, what, what uh, the, a giant freezer can do. Yeah. So um, the movies that... So I, I was a fan of the Left Behind books. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian, and so I... I, I, found I enjoyed the books as well. Interesting. Um, you know, but they were beyond the faith. They were just compelling and well-written, and they were fast, right. and they were, they were fun. I enjoyed them. Yeah, yeah. And they're... the movies... Were, were the Kirk Cameron so, movies? Yes, it was just obviously had no budget, and I don't want to blame the actors. They had, you know, they, you know, some of the performances weren't great, but yeah, you know, they it had, was not well acted either. Yeah, okay. I'm trying to give them the benefit <laughs> of the doubt. Todd. I know, I know. They you tried, know, but it was definitely done did. on the cheap, and you could tell. And but when I you're doing the apocalyptic that, end of the Earth, special effects are required. Yeah, they are. I didn't realize that Tim LaHaye and Jerry Jenkins sued the makers of of the films because they were done so badly it hurt the brand and apparently they want a settlement or they got there they settled there was a, there was a settlement involved wow so i recently watched rewatched a, a few of the movies uh-huh. and they are they are bad they're really bad i mean i yeah. you know they have the quality of a lifetime movie right i mean you know made for yeah. television yeah it was definitely not, a made for tv type of of production quality not a uh Big theater type of thing, right? Which is it, which is sad because, like you said, the stories are actually very blockbuster movie like. I mean, they're they're um, high quality, well written stories with lots of detail about people and it. And I yes. mean, if if you if you had no faith at all and just read these books based on uh, you know reading them as if you were reading a apocalyptic sci fi novel, they're good books. They're good books. Yeah. Yeah. And- and the screenplay, even the screenplay was awful in the movies. You yeah. know, I, I yeah, just, the choices it, of what they kept and didn't keep and how they expressed the story. It yeah. was disjointed and weird. And the movies were pretty short. Yeah. So there's a lot more meat that they could have put in there and they didn't. Yeah. And, you know, they, they just they were it was just weird. Well, and I got to say, too, um, I said the Kirk Cameron version. Wasn't there another version of the movies that was done before Kirk Cameron got involved and tried to remake them? Because he thought the oh, first ones know. were so bad, I I, I, I could have I could have sworn there was I, I may be mistaken. Um, I thought the first round was not particularly good, I, and I watched part of one of the Kurt Cameron ones at once and had to shut it off because I felt it was that bad. It was um, it was terrible. It yeah. was terrible. You know, yeah. I mean, I liked the story, so I watched it. Um, like because I, I you know, but mm-hmm. I read the books. I had the context. If I would, right. if I had just watched the movie, I probably would have left in the first fifteen minutes. Yeah, that's where you know when a movie's gone bad is when, uh, if you've read the books, you you kind of at least can follow the story. But if you haven't read the books, you're like, what's going on? Why is she doing that? Who's that guy? Yes. Where'd he come from? Yes. <laughs> they like each other now. You know, yes. you're, you're when you're asking those kinds of questions, you're going that 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 means the story was not well told. Um, yeah. Yeah, like in the Clan of the Cave Bear movie, I was talking about what made the book interesting to me was all of the details about what it was like to live, you know, in in that era, that time, and and how they used the technology they had at that time. And in the movie, all of that was basically just, oh, let's go make a fire. 
oh, you know, you know, somebody would go make a fire. They wouldn't even show you how they did it. They just go, go make a fire. Uh, you know, for all I know, they had a bick over there and they were, uh, you know, it was just, they, they kind of missed on what was cool about, about telling a story that was supposed to be 60,000 years ago or 10,000 years ago or how, whenever. Um, so anyhow, no, Hey, yeah. I have another bear story. Oh, you do? Yeah. Apparently there was a mystery of a 13,000 year old bone discovered on the Catalina Channel Islands. Out really? on the Channel Islands, yeah. Um, apparently, there's a lot of archaeological and biological and paleontological significance and stuff happening out on the islands. And there's a variety of digs, and there's also some uh, early human sites uh, out there um, that there were some Native Americans that, that, that lived out on the islands or at least stayed out on the islands, or that they took the bodies of those who had passed out to the island as if that was some special place for them at one point in time. Um, and this new uh, uh, excavation, uh, along with some chemical and biomolecular techniques, have sort of expanded the vision of what the um, ecosystem was like uh, with the humans and wildlife there. And researchers from the University of Oklahoma, the Smithsonian, uh, and Oregon, University of Oregon, uh, have reported the first occurrence of the extinct giant short-faced bear uh, from the California Channel Islands. Uh, the beast weighed about 2,000 pounds and once roamed uh, everywhere from uh, Alaska down to Mexico. Uh, but it's never been found in an isolated island context uh, like they did there, but apparently they were out there. Um, so uh, apparently they've also found evidence of pygmy mammoths and, and a giant mouse, which that just almost makes me shiver isn't a giant mouse a rat (laughs) no no rats are different r-o-u-s's like uh you know from yeah (laughs) that's right um yeah yes yeah Um, yeah yeah yeah. um princess bride right yeah so the bone was excavated in 1996 and was assumed to be from a seal but experts um uh thought it looked more like a bare bone so they started going into it and they actually were able to uh, recover some dna and they found that it was a thirteen thousand year old bone from a short-faced bear um which is an extinct variety of bear um which is pretty cool uh to think about that um you it know is. it was a short-faced bear dated roughly seventeen thousand years ago crazy yeah and they said, we're all really excited about the implications of island um, biogeography and ecology to have such a large so, animal in the space. So what if we, you know, you think about climate and time and what if we are just at the end of, a, of, the, of the, finally reaching the end of the Ice Age? We kind of talked about this yesterday. Yeah. You had that or two days ago, whenever that we were looking at that chart. Right. And, um, you know. And so, like, all of these, you know, as we, as the permafrost melts, all of these species are being uncovered. I mean, is there a possibility that some of those species could, could uh, species could be, could find that we could find them on the earth again? And I, and I asked this question, there's a plane flying overhead. I asked this question because, you know, there's been several species lately where we thought that they were gone. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden they pop up in a jungle somewhere. Yeah. And, and yeah. so, I, it just makes me wonder. Yeah, well, in the scheme of things, 17,000 years geographically or geologically speaking is not a very long time. No. Um, You know, and I mean, I I think that a large uh, omnivore 
tromping around through the woods that we didn't notice was a you know a short-faced bear that weighs 2,000 pounds is probably unlikely. But the fact of the matter is, if you or I saw a short-faced bear tromping through the woods while we were out hiking somewhere, we wouldn't know if that was you know one of only five left in its species or a grizzly bear. You know, I wouldn't. Yes. I just hey, I saw a bear. You know. Yeah. I mean, you, don't, you don't stop the bear and ask him yeah. about his heritage. Yeah, yeah. People go like, you know, so I mean, if there's a, if there are short-faced bears trumpsing around out in the, in the woods somewhere, you know, I mean, as, as, as many, as much intrusion into the forest as there is these days, there are still chunks of the, the uh, woods, especially as you get up into Canada and, uh, and areas of, you know, uh, Washington and, and Idaho and there's there's still lots of, of a space for for big animals to roam that would could live their entire life and never come into contact with a human being any more than you know see, seeing an airplane fly over at you know forty thousand feet. So um, yes. you know I, I it, it's certainly possible. Dropped a coke bottle in the middle of Africa. Have you ever seen the movie The Gods uh, Must Be Crazy? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine? Uh, yeah, yeah, you're wondering what you the know. heck is that? Yeah, well, and and you know, I mean, they're they're regularly looking for animals that are on the endangered species list or thought to be extinct in places like Borneo and some of the deep, deep, you know, yes. um, forests, and uh, and they found uh, fairly good evidence and and some in some cases photo evidence that some animals that were thought to be extinct aren't, but they're obviously very very rare. Um, if you had to go hunting that much for them. And you almost think that, like, if you found them, you might be better off just not telling anybody. Just let them, let them think they're extinct, and that way they'll leave them alone. Um, yes. You know, leave them yes. out there. Because then some bozo is going to say, well, we need to trap them so that we can then breed them. And it's like, yeah, let's just leave them. I yes, just let or, them live. Or herbalists from China will decide that they have some medicinal properties and want to slaughter them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those now help your toenails grow nice and shiny. So you have to eat the giant muskrat uh, claw on Thursdays. And your toenails will be shiny. And you will live a good life. Yeah, you know, so, it's weird, some of that, that uh, hoodoo that people believe in. It's just oh, bizarro. 100%. It really uh, is. You know, and, and, and it's it's really, really sad to think that that, you know, on the other side of the planet white rhinos are becoming extinct because somebody thinks that if you grind up what is essentially a fingernail uh, that that that's going to help you somehow and we're going to kill these animals off because somebody wants to eat keratin yes yeah (laughs) well on that happy note we are completely out of time (laughs) I'm welcome they're welcome I'll donate hair I'll donate all the hair I can. I will go bald and shave off hair regularly to donate it to people if they will quit killing rhinos. You yes. can have my hair. I'm sure that it will do anything that rhino hair would do and then some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on that happy note. <laughs> on that happy note. That was kind of eating. That was kind of food. It, it was gross and disgusting, but yeah. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Have a happy day. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Erin Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow.